You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lumid, and today I have the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Sarah. Sarah is an experienced personal trainer, yoga instructor, business owner, and most importantly, a mother. Uh, She is driven by her passion to help other mothers take better care of themselves. So she created a business centered around self-care and prioritizing themselves for just 2% of the day. Now, I like that. 2% is not much. So with no further ado, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure. I want to hear about all the 2% um, of the day that mother can take care of themselves. But first, let's talk about how it all started for you, um, becoming a personal trainer, yoga instructor. What drove you to that? Well, I've known since I was five, since I wanted to do something in the physical space. I decided when I was in kindergarten, I had an amazing physical education teacher. And from then on, I said that I wanted to be a PE teacher when I grew up. And I was one of the rare ones. I really stuck with it. I, that's what I went to school for. I have a, a degree in phys ed and health and a, a master's in exercise physiology. And that's what I did for about a dozen years after college. I was a teacher. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And it was my dream. And then I was blessed with a beautiful baby girl and everything changed. I realized that I could not go back to teaching. I couldn't leave her and I needed to do a different route. So I leaned on my personal training and yoga certification that I'd been doing since 2006. It's always been kind of a side job, but mostly with people that were into losing weight, or anywhere from running marathons, training for triathlons, but not specifically mothers for sure. And then I had my daughter and my life got twisted upside down, like so many moms. Mm -hmm. I dealt with a lot of my own struggles. It wasn't, let's just say, not all rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) And it was... um, I struggled. It was a, it was really hard to lose a big sense of identity, to lose my body, to lose the ability to do a lot of things after having a baby. And I switched my focus completely and started focusing on mommy and me things. So mommy and me yoga, mommy and me strength training, because I didn't, I didn't have anyone to watch my daughter. So she got to do it with me. And it's been a passion of mine ever since. My oldest one is six. And now I solely work with moms to carve out 2% of their day to make them their lives better, healthier, and just to have more great days is the bottom yeah. line. That's awesome. And your son is four. Your second I, have, I have two daughters. Two daughters. Two my, my little one is four. Okay. So two kids and you get to kind of live the dream, right? Work with them and then work with other moms to show them how to prioritize their time because it really is a struggle. Postpartum is real. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All the things that that come and hit you. I mean, I have a three-month-old myself and I understand uh, trying to run a business and trying to run a household as well because they do um, take all your attention. 
Absolutely. You're living it. That's for sure. When moms say they don't have time, I I too am living it. I fully understand the lack of time. And unfortunately, I think there isn't a lot of attention drawn to postpartum. Like you have that baby, they send you home and they're like, okay, there you are. And there's not a whole lot of, especially in the mental space of what that does to you as a woman. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What does it do? Um, Because postpartum depression is real. It is. And unfortunately, I did not have the right doctor as I was dealing with my own postpartum depression and anxiety. He kind of went about it as like, oh, this is normal. You're fine. If you're not crying in bed all day, then you're okay. And I knew in my gut that wasn't true because I wasn't crying in bed all day. I Mine came out in more frustration and anger and just, I was just, I was angry a lot of the day yeah. because I didn't have my time. I didn't have anything for myself anymore. I really did lose my sense of identity when I had my daughter, even though this is like all I thought I ever wanted was to have a family and to be a mom. And I definitely struggled and it wasn't until... I got changed doctors and I became pregnant with my second that I had someone mention like what you're describing is postpartum depression. No one ever talked to you about that. And I said, no, my doctor said if I wasn't in bed crying all day, then I was okay. And she half laughed and referred me to a study at Johns Hopkins University and said, well, I want to get you in this study. We'll follow your pregnancy. We'll follow you postpartum and really dive in to see what's going on. So I was very fortunate that I had the help and guidance through my second pregnancy and then afterwards. And it really did shift my perspective on how I can prioritize myself because it was so important to take care of me so I could take care of everybody else. Yeah, well said, especially that new human, little tiny human you have now to depending on you every second of the day. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned that losing yourself and I can imagine you losing yourself in several ways, right? For you being a fitness person, like all your life, you know, since five, mm-hmm. you decided you're going to be the trainer, you're going to via PE and now you don't have you don't have the chance to work out the same way right because things changes after depending on how labor goes you're you're still uh unable to work out to move for a couple of weeks so that's one way of losing yourself right because then your routine has changed and it's no longer yes that's one of them and as the kids get older you just become consumed with them and their activities and what they need to do mommy and me this money and dad activity and you lose yourself in that way as well and so let's talk about many ways you lose yourself and how to recoup yeah the physical was probably the most obvious and i think it is for most people you know most women after they have a baby they're like what is this body that i'm living in you don't even recognize yourself yeah and i had a it was a fairly traumatic birth with my daughter i ended up breaking my tailbone during the process so after having her and needing to feed her, I had a hard time even sitting. Yeah. So even little things like sitting down to feed my child was incredibly difficult. And the sleeping, obviously, we all go through it. The lack of sleep, just you don't even realize the toll it takes on your physical self and your mental self and really the emotional wear and tear it goes over as the months go on, especially, you know, you have a three-month-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
that it's an incredible change. And it was, it was like everything changed all at once. And one of the uh, specialists that I talked to through the program at Johns Hopkins said that she sees it more with women who have children later. Like I was 36 when I had my daughter. Mm -hmm. And she said, that's when she sees it because you've had this whole life. You've had this whole adulthood that you've lived, you know, what, 18 years after I moved out of my parents' house, I had my own child. I had been on my own for such a long time. Time. And it was, it was a shock. I mean, I don't think anyone's truly ready when they become a mother, but it it was a shock to the system for sure. And that's what I, I really talk to my clients about now. If they can start a routine that takes 2% of their day when their baby is little, little. So you get into it because you do, you, the time flies by mm-hmm. and Everyone else is the priority. And as moms, we slip to the bottom of that priority list so quickly. Yeah. And let's talk about the 2%. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the 2%, I mean, I obviously, I love your show because it's a morning thing. You you start the day, you, the way you want to continue the day. So for me, I take 2% of the day, which is just around 30 minutes. And I do something for myself. And that is like, that's like the bare minimal. Like, that's what I need to start my day. And obviously, when the kids were little, it was way less predictable. You didn't know when they were going to wake up. Like you said this morning with your daughter, she was up earlier. As they get older, it gets a little more predictable, but it's still not perfect. Yeah. But one of my biggest things is just to allow yourself some grace in the fitness space, in the motherhood space, in, you know, as a woman in general, that it doesn't need to go as planned and to allow yourself some grace when it doesn't. That's pivotal, um, being graceful, because it was, it's a struggle <laughs> those first six weeks, six to eight weeks to do anything because you are, you know, just a zombie. You're in a haze mm-hmm. most of the time because I knew my morning routine, as robust as it is, having this show, my morning routine changed. Um, there yeah. was no energy or motivation to do any of it, even like a 10 minute meditation, which would have mm-hmm. made my day a lot better. Um, yeah. So that motivation does go out the window. How do you inspire uh, moms to do it when they're going through that hard knock, <laughs> that oh, back against the wall, not sleeping? It's tough. That first three months, or like I love when they refer to it as the fourth trimester, it is just, it's hard to get into any kind of routine. And I will say to just accept the shift of like you said, I can't do a 10 minute meditation. Okay, that's great. Do you have 90 seconds to do deep breathing? You can find 90 seconds, like take what you're given. So just to do little tiny pieces or baby steps, it doesn't need to be this, like you said, your robust morning routine that you are used to. My routine has shifted drastically from not having children to having children. It's like tiny little pieces of what it used to be, but it works for the lifestyle that I'm living now. So I say, hold on to the tiny pieces that you can keep. And maybe that just means 90 seconds of breathing. Maybe that means a walk around the block, with your child, get moving, get do some piece of the things that find that you find joy to make the rest of your your day better. Yeah, you just gotta get going, get started, right? Mm-hmm. As small as little as it can be, just um, a little bit at a time, as you say, baby steps. It is. Um, tell us about some of your, you know, on your based on your experiences. What are some things that you see a common root causes? for some of the blockage, the the roadblocks that moms, new moms um, encounter? Well, I think when people come to me, when when I come into their world, chances are I'm not the first 
fitness expert that they've spoken to. Usually this is like the fifth, sixth, 15th time. They've either tried to lose the baby weight, they've tried to make themselves a priority, and they've done drastic things, but nothing has stuck. And I think one of the biggest roadblocks that moms have in particular, they're like, well, it hasn't worked in the past. Why is it going to work now? Or the reason that everyone says they don't, they don't have time. And I'll say, well, do you have one minute? Well, yeah, I could have one minute. Okay, let's start with one minute. Get up in the morning and do one minute of breathing. It doesn't need to be any Zen meditation. It doesn't need to be intense exercise. Take one minute and do something for yourself. And that's how small some people really need to start. Because the lack of time, there's also, well, how many Netflix shows do you watch at the end of the day? (laughs) Do you have time to substitute that late night binge for more of an early morning move? Most of us could. Yes, that that is true. Um, if we take in consideration where we are spending time, so that would help begin you to start tracking, right? It would behoove you to start tracking where your time is going, how you Absolutely. spend your time. Because I know with um, babies, you're tracking feeding and diapers anyway. Might as well add one more thing to the list. Yeah, why not take care of yourself? We all read all these parenting books, yeah. but then you have a baby and you're like, well, I didn't read anything about myself. <laughs> all about yeah, the that's, what, that's where you come in, Sarah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I come in. <laughs> get the expert to come in and, and guide us. Um, <laughs> tell us about your morning routine. How do you get up, dress up and show up? So the first thing I do in the morning is I just take three deep breaths, which aren't really deep in the morning because you're just waking up. But I find it energizes me enough to like wake myself up, get ready to put my feet on the ground. And the first thing I do is I go downstairs and I drink 12 ounces, usually usually of lemon water, just hydrate myself from the get-go. I heat up my little neck warming pad in the microwave. So a little bit of Zen immediately. And then I listen to, I love Headspace for meditation. And I listen to the wake up and it's just like a positive video to start the day. And then I move my body. I love strength training. I love yoga. I love swimming. I run occasionally, not as much anymore. And if I don't have a ton of time, I literally just walk around the block and do um, a walking meditation instead of a sitting still meditation and kind of multitask that piece. And then before I know it, my 30 to 35 minutes is up. My kids are up. And then I get into like the routine of the day. So I like to look at my morning ritual that I start the day with, with just a ton of intention, that there's a lot of meaning behind it. I really focus on like, as I'm sipping the water, I really focus on the water. As I'm in my workout, I really focus on the workout. I truly try not to let my mind wander to like what the day is going to bring. Now, let's be honest. It's not always the case. (laughs) Your mind does wander because especially as a mom, you have a lot of things to balance, a lot of things to juggle. But if I can focus just on myself for those 30 minutes, I find no matter what the rest of the day brings, it's a lot easier to roll with the punches. Yeah, you're prepared. Uh, The Mm -hmm. hardest part of the day, and it's only 30 minutes, but you're prepared for whatever the day throws your way, whatever rolls. Absolutely. And it's a lot easier not to get distracted first thing before the world wakes up. Whereas if I was said I was going to move my body, meditate and drink my water at four o'clock, like chances are that's going to go out the window because there's a lot of other people that need me at four (laughs) o'clock. That takes your attention. And so you don't, you become the back burner. That's why it's imperative to do it in the morning. And also the first thing in the morning, as you wake up, you're in that beta, alpha, Data state state where you are um, more susceptible, receptive to to hearing whatever um to 
take in, soak in whatever you're listening to. And, it's, and you have a lot more willpower too during the day, during the morning, I mean, right? So it's a lot easier to get that stuff done. You don't have decision fatigue that kind of tear us apart throughout the day. You're fresh. Um, you mm-hmm. have willpower. You are in that susceptible stage. So you kind of optimize the morning. Yes, absolutely. And the better choices you make in the morning, I find the rest of the day, it's a lot easier to make those choices. I I totally agree because the, the agenda runs away from you. So for the meditation, like it's really key. As you said, the deep breaths really is a, is mm-hmm. a place to start and it doesn't have to be 10 hours, <laughs> 10 minutes or 30 minutes long it could be something very short um yeah i like that you're moving the body it's necessary you know cobwebs like i call it you've been resting for six maybe for for parents uh, four to six hours so (laughs) you have to stretch it out you you don't have the luxury of eight to eight hours of sleep at night but a lot of days as parents i'm sure you find it too like you have to move your body for the mental and emotional benefits not just the physical benefits Absolutely. Yeah. For the back, it, you're bending down, you're picking up baby, you're putting baby down, like all that um, takes a toll on the back and you need to stretch it and stay nimble. But what's interesting is your even with your yoga, um, your walking yoga or meditation piece of it, it really energizes you, right? It gives you some type of boost to get you going. Yeah, I find, I mean, this, my morning ritual is a non-negotiable. I mean, this is my routine when I'm on vacation, when it's holidays, when the kids are up, when I get in some portion of it every single day because it does set my day up for success yeah that's that's great uh sarah tell us um how can we connect with you where can we find you the easiest place is on my website it's greatdaysbysarah.com and on instagram greatdaysbysarah and if you find me on instagram in fact if you drop me a note i can send over i have a free guide of how busy moms sneak in exercise and it's actually how i got back into exercise when i was a new mom and i lo- would love to share that for your, to your listeners yeah perfect thank you for sharing that we love coke wrote here at um next morning routine so share one of yours Oh, I love a Shel Silverstein poem called Melinda May. And part of it is she thought she could, she said she would. So she started in at the tail and it's about a little girl who eats a monstrous whale. And I've loved it since I was a kid. And it's all about determination and drive and just doing one tiny bite at a time. And I think it sums up my program tremendously, that it's not these huge strides that you need to do. It's the tiny decisions that you make every day to make each day great. Yeah. That compound effect that you, (laughs) yeah, you hit it on the nail and one bit at a time helps. And like you did with the meditation and walking, that's habit stacking. Mm -hmm. Doing another habit while you are um, in action for another, for a different one, because it will, two birds with one stone, but it will train the mind to continue doing it every time. Exactly. You're more apt to do it for sure. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing with us today, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Lenny. I appreciate it. It's been a blessing. (laughs) All right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.